three, two, one. All right, welcome back. Man, two days away, UFC 249. I mean, I'm so excited for, for this card from just the start to the end, including the early prelims even. Um, this whole card is just one of the best of all time, if not the best of all time. I mean, I still put UFC 205 ahead of it, but I mean, it's it's right up there as one of the best for sure. Um, for those of you who don't know, it starts at uh, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on ESPN, the network. And then, obviously, the main card, the, the main five fights are at 10 p.m. on uh, ESPN Plus pay-per-view. So, uh, Dana White got it done. You know, he, he, he found a spot for this card, man. He he was already rejected twice in, uh, you know, Vegas and California. But he got it in Jacksonville at uh, Vistar Veterans Memorial Arena, which is a good arena. It's a... Uh, it's not that big. It's it's hosted, um, you know, uh, an amateur hockey team, the Jacksonville Icemen, and uh, the arena football team, the Jacksonville Sharks that are out of there. Um, but yeah, it, it should be a great venue because it still has that stadium feel for all the fighters, you know. But um, obviously, it's not too too crazy where the emptiness is is gonna get to anyone, you know. Um, and the UFC did a great job. It's not even just this card this week. They also have two more fight nights uh, coming up. So obviously UFC 249 in two days. Um, but then the following Wednesday, uh, UFC fight night headlined by Anthony Smith against uh, Glover Texera in lightweight, light heavyweight bout. Um, that's Anthony Smith's first fight since the, uh, that home invasion incident. So um, it'll be great to watch him again. And... Uh, then the following Saturday, you have uh, Alistair Overeem headlining against uh, Walt Harris in a heavyweight bout. Um, I'm very interested in that card, though, because the uh, fight before the main event is uh, Claudia Gedalia versus Angela Hill. Um, I know I've talked about Angela Hill on here a few times. Um, she's a great fighter. She, she you know, didn't start, didn't have her first MMA fight until uh, she was 27 in the uh, Invicta Fighting Championship. And, you know, to start it, to start this sport at, you know, that late is kind of crazy. But then, uh, I mean, she's been fighting four times a year or so since then. She has a um, a great record. And, I mean, to be able to go out and, and perform that often, you know, and not have your body be um, depleted at all. And uh, she's just a great, a great person and a great fighter. So I'm very interested. Claudia Gadelli is definitely the hardest opponent she's ever fought. So um, I'll make sure, I'll preview that fight, you know, in, in the future, but I'm looking forward to that. But let's focus on UFC 249, which is just going to be so much fun. So lucky for all sports fans, but especially UFC fans, you know, finally having, you know, um, our sport back. Uh, and hopefully if this if this all runs smoothly, it'll, uh, it'll show other sports that with the right precautions, um, they can start start up again. Um, I know the UFC, you know, they've, they're putting out all the stops, you know, they're, um, taking a bunch of different trucks rather than one. Um, every single fighter is going to have their own personal locker room, warm up room, personal saunas, you know, nothing, nothing is being shared. Um, which obviously is the right thing to do, but, um, it's just nice that, you know, that the, the location, um, allowed for all that. Um, 
you know, they're going to be screened. They're, they were all tested already for the virus. They're not allowed to travel. Like, they have a, a cap on how many people they're allowed to travel with. Um, in the uh, in the octagon itself, it looks like it's only going to be Bruce Buffer, the referees, and the two fighters. It, um, there's going to be no post-fight interviews inside the octagon um, to limit the amount of people in there. So it looks like they got it all, all under control. Um, so hopefully it all runs smoothly. Hopefully no one gets the virus because of this. Um, I doubt they will. I I mean, people at, at this level care about their health more than anything, right? So I'm sure it'll all run smoothly. Um, but yeah, I, I picked out my top eight fights that I that I see from this card. There's like 14 or so, but I my favorite eight, the most exciting. Um, and I'll give you my prediction on all of them. I did pretty well the last <laughs> the last time I did this. I only had a couple wrong. Um, so hopefully, you know, hopefully maybe I can get all of them right this time. But um, if not, I'm you know I'm just basing these on on what I've seen recently. You know, I'm not an expert, but I'm getting there. Uh, but I'm going to start with the, the early prelims, the final fight on the early prelims, um, which could be the most explosive fight of the night. You got uh, Vicente Luque versus Nico Price in the uh, in a welterweight bout. Um, I've watched Vicente Luque for a long time. I even watched him uh, live at UFC 205. He, he was fighting there in the prelims and uh, against uh, Bilal Muhammad. And... I mean, he knocked Muhammad out. <laughs> I, I remember it was like the, the event ran late because literally Muhammad got knocked out so hard that he was just laying on laying on the octagon for like 15 minutes, couldn't get up. And then they had to have a whole, whole group of people um, carry him out of the octagon, carry him out of the arena to the, to, and then, you know, get him to the hospital. So Luque's got some power <laughs> behind his punches, you know. Um, he's coming off a loss to Steven Thompson, but that doesn't really mean um, too much in a negative way for Luke a because, I mean, Wonder Boy is an amazing fighter, um, and that was Luke's toughest opponent by far when they fought, um, so if anything, I think Luke gave, or got a lot of, you know, great experience against Wonder Boy. Um, Nico, however, he's coming off, I mean, I'm sure... You've seen it if you're a UFC fan. Um, one of the best knockouts I had ever seen was his last fight against uh, James Vick. He was on his back, escaping full guard, and upkicked uh, James Vick, uh, hit him right on the side of the chin, and knocked him out from from bottom, from the bottom position, um, which was ab- just absolutely crazy. Um, I mean, James Vick, and I'll talk about him later because Gagey, you know, also had a brutal knockout against him as well, but... Um, you know, he's a tough opponent, not the best, but, t- uh, you know, tough enough where I think that's a great victory for, for Nico, um, and it's going to uh, give him a lot of confidence for this. Um, and then, you know, his, and then he had uh, two fights against uh, Joff Neal, um, which was tough. Um, he lost that fight because it was interesting. I, when I was watching the fight against uh, uh, Jeff Neal, um, Nico, in the second round, he started to get, you know, he really wanted that finish. He wanted because he's a, you know he's an up and coming, exciting fighter. He wants to get the finish, get more fans, you know. So he kind of was more sporadic in the in the second round. He was trying to bring Neil out of his comfort uh, comfort zone into like a brawl. But um, Neil just took advantage of that. Honestly, he uh, put Nico right on his back, um, 
and was able to finish him from top position. Just uh, or while while Nico was in full guard, actually, he was allowed to just he, he just got enough ground and pound and um, was able to get some space and and then you know finish on a you know from like full mount or whatever. But um, so because of that, I personally think Luke has the advantage in this fight. Um, he has more experience against top contenders. And then if Nico tries to have Luke just start swinging and draw him out of his own comfort zone, I think he'll just kind of do what Neil did. He can either put Nico on his back, or if one of those random flurry punches hits, Luke can easily knock him out. Um, so my prediction is Luke wins by knockout or decision. Um, not too sure which, because it definitely could go the distance, and Luke just, I think, based on experience, he'll you know, do enough. Um, but nonetheless, it should be a great fight. And hey, if, if Nico Price wins, that's a that's a great win on his resume. Um, he's a great up-and-coming fighter, so it's going to be very exciting, very exciting to see. So, um, Next is the only women's fight on the card. Uh, Carlos Esparza is against uh, Michelle Waterson in a strawweight bout. Um, Michelle Waterson's my uncle's favorite fighter, so I figured I would... Uh, give my thoughts on how I think this fight's going to go. But um, to be honest, this wasn't a, a tough one for me to pick, really. Um, I think Waterson has proved herself time and time again as a uh, as a top contender. Um, she's ranked 8th right now at the 115-pound division. But, um, I mean, she's beaten Carolina Carolina Kowalkowicz, who's an amazing fighter, Um Watterson also went five full rounds with Joanna Janjacek, who's arguably, you know, the best, one of the best female fighters ever. Um, certainly at the strawweight division, she's the best ever. Um, you know, she had great knockouts prior to those, good submissions prior to those. Um, whereas, as far as, you know, she's coming off um, a decision victory and a loss, and honestly, her, her resume doesn't, you know, isn't, too too impressive as of late whereas so I think she's kind of on the uh you know the back burner she's just going getting towards the end of her career whereas it seems like Watterson really even though she has a bunch of UFC fights it seems like she's still improving and um definitely is just continuing to climb the ladder in, in the division and get try to get to the top so um I think I think Watterson will win this fight I think it's going to be a unanimous decision I think um, Esparza is good enough to, to prevent getting knocked out or submitted. Um, so I think it'll I think it'll just go to decision. But I think Waterson is is definitely better. She has a more well-rounded skill set. Her submission game is great. Um, she's tough, um, and like I said, she's exciting. She'll have the fans behind her, and you know. Um, so yeah, that one's not that hard for me to hard for me to pick. So I mean, I hope I'm right, but. I think Michelle Waterson definitely can take that one. Um, but let's jump to the uh, the prelim main event for anyone who doesn't want to watch the uh, the pay-per-view or, or pay for it. Hopefully it's on sale or something because there's literally no sports on. But um, I think the UFC knows people are going to buy it no matter <laughs> what the price is, so who knows. But uh, prelim main event, Anthony Pettis versus Donald Cerrone. This should be a, an absolute great fight. And I mean... It's a great fight, um, 
to try to sway fans to buy the pay-per-view, in my opinion. If you're not a huge fan of, of the sport, or maybe it's like your first time, second time watching it, um, it's a great fight to get people excited for the main event, in my opinion. Um, so for starters, these two fought seven years ago, and Anthony Pettis won uh, a leg kick to the uh, to the body that Cerrone just, you know, he was already getting picked apart a little bit, and then the body shot just folded him. You know, uh, if they if it hits right on the, on the liver, you're, you're going down. You can't, you know, there's nothing you can do to stop it. Your body just shuts down really fast. Um, it's extremely painful. So, but honestly, I don't think uh, the decision seven years ago is really gonna, you know, that that isn't swaying my decision whatsoever in this fight. Just because Pettis won seven years ago doesn't mean he could easily win again um, nowadays. Um, but I mean, starting with Pettis, um, I think he's a better fighter than people give him credit for. Um, I mean, his last two fights he, he lost, he lost to uh, Carlos Ferreira at UFC 246. Um, that was the same, the same night Cowboy lost to McGregor. But um, in that fight, in my opinion, he was completely outclassed on the ground. Um, he was submitted in the second round of that fight. Uh, Ferreira just on the ground, his, his jiu-jitsu game was far, far better. Um, but luckily for Pettis, you know, Cowboy's great on the ground, but he's not, you know, that top-level extreme on the ground like, like some of those other fighters are. So Pettis should definitely have, a, you know, he'll be better suited there than he was in that fight. And then two fights ago, Pettis lost to uh, Nate Diaz. But, I mean, Nate Diaz is an absolute machine who never gets knocked out. I mean, he did once, obviously, um, way back to Joshua Thompson. But, um, but I mean, before that, Pettis had a great knockout against Wonderboy, you know? So he's on a two-fight a two fight little skid here. But, I mean, I don't think his skill set has um, gone down at all. Um. I mean, when you look at the people he's he's fought, Ferreira is great, Diaz is great, Wonderboy, great. Um, before that, he fought Tony Ferguson, where he broke his hand, and uh, he was in that fight too. He had he had Ferguson hurt plenty of times in that fight. So I think Pettis is definitely ready for this fight. And honestly, this fight is very important um, for him because, I mean, obviously with losing fights or not having the performances you want, you obviously can get, um, you know, your fan base can, you know, start to slow down. The hype can start to slow down, and uh, that can just go to your head, you know. And you, you know, you might think that you're done or you're not as great as the rest. But I think, I think Pettis, if he he really wants to show, you know, that he's a top contender. So I think he's definitely taking this fight probably the most serious than he ever has. He knows that he has a tough opponent in front of him. I mean, I've said this before. I do not think Cerrone's washed up. Plenty of people have said that. I don't think that. Um, I mean, he fought McGregor. He said, I mean, Cerrone did say, I saw this, that um, like a week before the McGregor fight, he, in his head, he didn't even want to be there, which is kind of interesting. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe if the, you know, the hype around McGregor was too much for him, if it was too much pressure, I know he's, had trouble with that in the past, but that's a little interesting for me to hear. But he did say he's fully ready, as ready as he's ever been for this fight. So it'll be interesting to see if he comes out a little different, um, you know, holds himself a little differently, and how and how Cerrone will approach this fight. Um, 
like I said, obviously, his last fight was a loss to McGregor. He's had a few losses in a row, but overall, his legacy is insane. Most wins, most leg kicks, knockouts, you know. Crazy, crazy records. Um, but yeah, my final prediction, though, I think Anthony Pettis wins by knockout or decision. As good as Cowboy is, I think Pettis has much more to lose in this fight, which is going to bring out a different beast in him, in my opinion. Um, Cerrone, we've seen, can definitely get knocked out, and Pettis has the tools to move around and, and get those weird angles um, and, and search for those knockouts. I think Pettis is faster, so a lot of Cerrone's kicks or when he moves in and out. Um, Pettis will definitely be able to avoid a lot of the the big damaging shots from Cerrone, and then just over time, Pettis, um, you know, will be be able to pick him apart enough. I think it's a great fight. I have so much respect for for both of the fighters, so I'm I can't wait to watch it. Um, but yeah, uh, Anthony Anthony Pettis by knockout decision, in my opinion. I I think that one is, you know, that one's not going to be as close as some of the other ones coming up, but um. It's still going to be a, a great, great fight nonetheless. Um, but yeah, let's move on to the main card. You got five fights, obviously, as usual, on this card. And uh, it starts with a heavyweight bout with uh, Greg Hardy versus uh, Jorgon DeCastro. Um, Greg Hardy has, uh, you know, more UFC fights. He's 2-2 two and two in the UFC. Um, coming off a loss versus uh, Alexander Volkov. But, um... I mean, if you don't if you don't know Greg Hardy, he's an absolute beast. Um, he played four full seasons um, for the Panthers in the NFL. Um, he actually made the Pro Bowl one year, I think his second year in the league, because um, he had 15 sacks in the regular season, you know, which was a Panther record at the time or something. Um, and then yeah, Castro, you know, he only has one UFC fight. It was a first round knockout against Tafa, great name. But um, it was just a counter, a counter left, if I remember correctly, a counter left um, as Tafa was coming in for, for a big shot that, uh, I mean, just slept him. So obviously, Jorgon has, <laughs> has the knockout power. I mean, it's only, you haven't seen too many, you know, too many of his fights. He's 5-0, and um, majority by knockout, I believe. So obviously, he has, he has the potential, but... Um, you know, there's not much to, to go off on these guys. They they don't haven't had that much experience. Um, I think you know they're they're both deserving to be on a pay per view based on their knockout performances. I agree. It's a I think it's a great fight to start off the pay per views too. But if I had to you know predict this fight, I'm gonna have to say Craig Hardy by decision, unanimous decision. Um, I think with the sh- the sheer size, um. And strength that he's going to have, I think, over Jorgon. It's just going to be too much. Um, he'll probably be able to hit Jorgon a lot more um, just due to his reach. And uh, honestly, he has more experience. And I think when there's two even fighters, the guys that have more experience, the people who are more comfortable in these situations, um, are going to win the fight. So, yeah, I don't think anyone's going to be stopped because I don't think Jorgon will, will get the space um, necessary to, to land that knockout punch. But um, I still think it'll be a good fight nonetheless. But yeah, Greg, Greg Hardy by unanimous decision is is my guess. Um, but yeah, mo- moving right along, 
the next fights are great fight. You got uh, Jeremy Stevens versus uh, Calvin Cater. Um, I mean, Jeremy Stevens has always been a super tough opponent for anyone. Uh, you know, he faints a ton. Um, but most importantly, he has a great knockout power, you know, for uh, for being, a, you know, a, one, a 145 pounder, you know. Uh, obviously, I'm sure people have seen it, that press conference a long time ago when McGregor was asked who's the toughest opponent on stage, and uh, Jeremy Stevens said um, that he, you know, he's the hardest hitting 145 pounder. Um, I mean, I still, I don't think that'd be a close fight at all if McGregor ever fought Stevens. But um, you know, he's obviously confident, and he's not, you know, he's not afraid to uh, say what he thinks, and he thinks he can knock all of these people out. He thinks he's one of the top competitors, and um, honestly, I do too. I think. I mean, his last couple fights, you know, he, he lost to Jose Aldo, which, I mean, Aldo's one of the best featherweights of all time. Um, he could be the best of all time if you if you put him behind or in front of McGregor. Honestly, that's, uh, you know, that's just preference, really, on, on what you'd say the greatest is. Um, he also, uh, Stevens also lost to Yair Rodriguez um, in his last fight, but, um, I mean, I think coming off, you know, two losses in a row, he's just going to be probably hungrier than ever, and he knows that he's on a huge platform right now. There's going to be probably so many people watching it, maybe more than usual, um, just due to no other sports being on. Um, so I think he's definitely going to step it up a little bit. Um, Calvin, on the other hand, he's coming off uh, a loss to Zabit Magomed, Zabit Magomed Repov. Um, who's one of my favorite fighters. If you haven't seen him, he's absolutely crazy. He's another um, wrestler out of Dagestan, um, where Khabib is from. But he's just so fluid um, to be in there. I, I mean, he lands these kicks and, and punches at random places. He's amazing on the ground. So Calvin, I mean, that's not, um, it's not necessarily a surprise that he lost to, to Zabit. So I wouldn't take anything away from him, especially seeing the two fights before that. Um, he had great um, first-round knockouts, back-to-back -back, uh, two first-round knockouts. Um, but one of the first things I noticed watching Calvin is he is smooth as silk when he's in the octagon. He moves in and out very well. He switches stances very well. And then when he's on his feet, his hand speed and accuracy is amazing. He likes to to feint the, the jab and then throw a left hook followed by um, followed by a straight right and that's just a bomb when it hits um, so I mean my prediction for this fight actually is I, I really think Calvin Cater is gonna win um, Jeremy Stevens is a great fighter but Calvin has a little bit of size he'll have a little bit of reach and I think with just his ability to um, move around the octagon um, really, you know, smooth and fluid. Um, he'll be able to just get around Stevens, get around his punches, because Jeremy likes to load up. And I think in that, even though it's not much more time than just a quick jab or something, I think Calvin will be able to avoid it and counter and land his accurate punches um, more than Jeremy will be able to. Um... I think it could, Jeremy Stevens has had a lot of fight of the night performances. He's done, 
I mean, he's went into some wars with some people. And this has the potential to do that. These are both great stand-up, hard-hitting fighters. So this fight definitely has the potential to be a fight of the night or performance of the night for whoever wins. Um, but overall, I think Calvin just is is more skillful in there. And I, I think that'll, um, if it goes to a decision, I think he'll be able to land more shots. And I don't think there will be much wrestling going on, so I think the shots are going to count the most. And if there's more for him, more significant strikes for him, obviously that sways the judges in his direction. So great fight nonetheless, though. But yeah, Calvin Cater with the most likely uh, a decision victory. Um, All right, the third fight, man oh man. (laughs) You got heavyweight bout number two, Francis Ngannou versus number six, Jarzinho Rosenstrike. And uh, this fight is, I mean, if they're both swinging like they normally do, someone's going to the hospital knocked out cold. Um, if you didn't see the, the that guy on ESPN that does the sports science videos, um, did a video with Francis Ngannou to test his um, power. And Francis Ngannou was tested and recorded the hardest hitting punch in the history of martial arts in the UFC. So that should just speak for itself. Um, but I mean, this is a huge fight for Ngannou. I mean, if he wins, he's guaranteed um, a title shot against the winner of Stipe and Cormier if that uh, that trilogy comes into fruition. I know Stipe just said it, I think, a, a day ago or so that um, the fight he wants is the third fight with Cormier. So I'm sure they'll be able to get that done. I mean, they could probably do it in June um, or July, um, that fight. So maybe even by the end of the year, Ngannou could get, you know, could get that, uh, championship fight if he were to win this. Um, but yeah, Ngannou, he's coming off three straight first round knockouts. Um, but honestly, he just looks better in there every time his skills are improving. And for being a heavyweight, he's not like heavy. His his muscle, his entire body is muscle, um, 100%. So He's definitely the strongest person every time he goes in there. He's the most fit person every time he goes in there. And I think that's going to cause a little bit of trouble for Rosenstrike. Um, I mean, he's coming off four straight UFC finishes, three in the first round. Um, but Rosenstrike's last fight against Alistar Overeem, who in Ghana, if you haven't seen, landed the cleanest, most devastating uppercut in the history of the UFC on uh, Overeem. But Rosenstrike knocked over him out in the final four seconds of the fifth round. Um, I mean, it was a very good fight. It was an interesting fight. But my theory is, if Nganu gets taken to those later rounds, um, I mean, this will only be a, a three-round fight, obviously, because it isn't, the, isn't a main event. But even if it goes into the third round, Nganu just, in my opinion, is going to be in top, top shape compared to Rosenstrike. Um, he's much better than all of the opponents Rosenstrike has fought before, whereas Rosenstrike, it's it's kind of hard to tell. Um, I don't think he's in Ghana's toughest opponents, but, he, you know, he's up there. He could be, um, but obviously it's hard to tell. But I think my final prediction for this one is Ngannou is going to win this one. And I it might, it might be by decision. It's hard to tell. When you have two people obviously should right off the bat respect each other's power because I mean combined their last seven eight fights have all been knockout victories um 
So they're going to respect each other's power. So then I think when it goes to the, the technical ability of, all, of each fighter, Ngannou is going to have the advantage in that respect. I don't think there will be much wrestling going on whatsoever. Um, but I think Ngannou has the size, he has the height, he has the reach, he's more athletic. Um, I think he'll just do a better job on the feet than Jorginho will. And he'll be able to get that title shot in, um, in the future. Um, but yeah, right along, we're already at the co-main event. Which is just, it, I mean, the fight is absolutely um, insane. You have Henry Cejudo, the Bantamweight champion, first arguably, not arguably, first the greatest Bantamweight to ever live, Dominic Cruz. Um, I mean, yeah, I'm, a, I'm as excited for this fight as I am the main event. Henry Cejudo, if you don't know, is uh, was the fourth ever two-weight champion. He beat um, then pound-for-pound pound number one, Demetrius Johnson, um, at flyweight to get his first belt. Um, he had beat TJ Dillashaw to defend that belt. And then when Dillashaw, who was the Bantamweight champion at the time, he had gotten suspended for PEDs. Um, he fought Marlon, um, Suhudo fought Marlon Moraes for the vacant belt, won that, and he was a two-way champion. Um, sadly for Cejudo, he just got, uh, he had a sh shoulder surgery, so he actually had to relinquish one of the two belts because Dana White didn't want him to hold up both divisions, um, if anything, just one, um, and he relinquished the flyweight one. He wanted to stay at Bantamweight because he wants, I mean, he wanted since after that, uh, that fight against Moraes, um, in the post-fight, the, uh, that post-fight show, um, after the pay-per-view, when he went on, um, him and Dominic Cruz even shook shook hands at that interview um, to fight to fight each other. So that's been this has been in the making for a long time. They haven't liked each other for a long time. I mean, it seems like Dominic Cruz just hates his opponent every time he goes to fight him. For some reason, he finds a way to to dislike him. Um, I mean, so Dominic hasn't even fought in three years, but that's not the first time this happened. Um, um, a while, while back, he had to take another three-year layoff because of, I'm pretty sure it was like ACL injuries. Um, and yeah, after the Cody Garbrandt fight, he was injured again. Um, but he had lost he had lost that fight to Garbrandt, so he lost his belt anyways. But yeah, he had taken three years off. But um, he said that's actually helped him because in those three years, he was uh, a uh, color commentator for UFC events alongside uh, uh, Daniel Cormier and... Uh, uh, Joe Rogan. Um, he said that that has helped him learn about other fighters a lot more, and he's gotten a very, very good. Not that he had hadn't had a great understanding, but he he says that he's very knowledgeable now about all of the different, like the new the new martial arts, all of the new fighters coming up and the new styles. He's very knowledgeable about that, and he says that he's gonna know what to do against Cejudo, and I'm sure he will. He has an incredible work ethic. He's always in the most fit shape he can possibly be, even when he's injured. And so, I wouldn't rule him out. Certainly wouldn't rule him out. But um, from a technical standpoint, Suhudo is definitely Suhudo is definitely a stronger athlete, and he's definitely a better uh, wrestler. I mean, Suhudo won. I think it was two thousand. I forgot the years, like 2006, 2008, whenever the World Cup, or not World Cup, 
whenever the Olympics were, um, he was a gold medalist in wrestling at those Olympics. So, I mean, you have an Olympic gold medalist athlete in, in Cejudo. And I, I think that obviously is just going to be a huge advantage because he's going to be more in shape. Maybe, well, not more in shape, but more in shape in a way where he's conditioned through wrestling his whole life and through the Olympics. He, you know, nothing's really going to put him off his game. He's not going to get tired during the fight. Whatever, you know, style Dominic is going to bring to the fight, I don't think Cejudo's really going to be messed up by it. I think he's going to stick to his game plan, and he's going to be athletic enough to adjust. I mean, if you look at the Marlon Moraes fight, he lost the first round. He got, you know, it wasn't even close in the first round. Moraes had it single-handedly, but then he went to the corner, figured it out, and, you know, was able to take care of it in, in the, the later round. So, um... But, I mean, Cruz definitely has some advantages. The way he moves around the ring, he switches stances as he moves around. Um, he ducks his head and do these we does these weird jabs and leg kicks. Yeah, he likes to throw flurries, and as he's stepping in with his punches, throw kicks behind them. Um, it's a very weird style. But, um, so yeah, with that style, though, I think is going to have to try to close the distance to land big shots. Because Cruz can't, he, I mean, Cruz does get dropped. When, when Garbrandt fought him, Garbrandt was able to land a lot of, a lot of clean punches on him, which dropped Cruz, but Cruz is able to get up, um, really quickly because Garbrandt doesn't have that good of a wrestling game. Now, in my opinion, if Cejudo happens to land one of those big shots, not only is he stronger than Cody Garbrandt, but his wrestling is much better. So if he's able to get on top of Cruz while he's hurt, I don't think Cruz will be able to get out of it. So, my final prediction, Henry Cejudo wins by decision. Um, I mean, Cruz is, is very talented, and he, ha he has a great chin and just a great mindset, and he's determined as heck. So, I, I mean, I don't think he'll get knocked out because I think he's smart enough to avoid those big punches, and he's definitely good enough to... Um, you know, to fight Cejudo at Cejudo's strengths. But, in my opinion, Cejudo is the better athlete. He's stronger. And right now, he's probably the better mixed martial artist. Merely just due to, uh, you know, fighting those his last few opponents who were top, top opponents and beating them the way that he did. Whereas Cruz has been, um, you know, going through injuries and, and hasn't been fighting in, in three years. Not saying ring rust will be an issue, but I think Suhudo just has the momentum um, in the fights to, you know, back up what he says he's gonna do. So Henry Suhudo is gonna keep his belt, um, winning by decision. That's my prediction. And then, last but not least, the main event of the evening: Tony Ferguson versus Justin Gagey for the interim championship. Um, I mean, this should honestly be just an absolute phenomenal fight. As you all know, Ferguson was supposed to fight Khabib, obviously, um, a month ago or so. Uh, but obviously that was canceled, and Khabib had that whole issue with the traveling because he went back to Russia and that crazy stuff. But if anything, this fight stylistically will be a more exciting fight than Ferguson versus Khabib. Um, 
Gagey stepping up on what was short notice, but now is, you know, not too bad um, for short notice wise, but, um, you know, to step up, I think it, I think it's great. Obviously it's for the interim belt. So when a belt's on the line, you know, all these guys want to fight because that's their main goal. Main goal is to get the belt. So, um, but yeah, uh, breaking down the fighters, Ferguson is obviously known for his fantastic cardio. Um, he just doesn't get tired and, uh, he has this weird, you know, boogeyman mentality. Obviously El Kukui is a uh, boogeyman means boogeyman in Spanish, but, um, you know, he, he just has a mentality where he's going to go in there and pick you apart and <laughs> honestly make you look different <laughs> at the end of the fight than how you showed up there. Um, he lands flurries of these punches and elbows. And, uh, when he's on top, he has a great jujitsu game. Um, but if he's on top, you know, if he's on top of you, he can do a ton of crazy submissions. He can get you from anywhere. Um, he's a very, very dangerous guy. And then you got Justin Gagey, who's more of a, uh, I mean, he's a great wrestler, um, great college wrestler, but he's more of a stand up, let's trade and see what happens kind of fighter. You know, but he backs it up. You know, he's very capable of knocking out opponents with, with one punch. Um, he had a uh, a beautiful knockout against uh, James Vick, um, which was just like a looping right hand that just um, you know put put Vick right on his face. In, in all honesty, um, but yeah, Gagey Gagey said it himself. He thinks that in the first couple rounds. He's going to have to knock out Ferguson to get the win. That's his belief. He doesn't, I mean, he didn't say directly that if it goes into the later rounds, he will lose, but he, he did, he did state that his best chances are in the first and second round. And I completely agree. I think from a cardio standpoint, I've watched all of Gagey's fights and when they go to the later rounds, he gets very tired and people try to tell me, no, Gagey has fantastic cardio. He's great. Well, it, there's two different things. There's just having good cardio because you're able to stay standing for the 25 minutes. But then there's also Tony Ferguson cardio where he's going to fight you as hard as he can at his best ability for all 25 minutes. Um, and I think that's going to be the the big factor here. If it goes into the later rounds, Gagey's going to struggle and Tony's going to be able to move around and pick him apart and you know hit him from a ton of different places and he's definitely going to be faster so when Gagey tries to land those looping shots um, that he's done in the later rounds to knock people out Ferguson will be able to avoid them and if Gagey's that tired it's going to be very easy to put him on his back and submit him as well so my prediction for this fight is Ferguson wins by knockout or submission it won't go to a decision because I don't think Gagey will have the cardio enough to withstand Ferguson for all five rounds um, and I think Ferguson is smart enough where he will be able to hold off Gagey's power shots, his, his kicks, which are fantastic, and his heavy hooks. He'll be able to avoid those in the first few rounds, get him tired, and then pick him out. He'll do a little bit of a Floyd technique where he just waits it out, reads the other fighter, and then, you know, uh, fights at his best in the later rounds. So those are, those are my predictions. I'll, I'll run through them one more time in case you forget. Um, uh, Vicente Luque, uh, a decision victory over Nico Price, Michelle Waterson, 
uh, unanimous decision against Carlos Esparza. Um, Anthony Pettis, a knockout or decision victory against Donald Cerrone. Greg Hardy, a decision victory against Jorgen DeCastro. Calvin Cater, a decision in what could be a fight of the night um, against Jeremy Stevens. Nganu, decision victory over Jairzinho Rosenstroik. Um, Suhudo, decision victory over Dominic Cruz. And Tony Ferguson, a knockout or submission against Justin Gagey. I know it's a lot of decisions in there, but I think all of these fights are great matchups stylistically. Um, all the fighters are <clears throat> relatively even um, in skill level. Um, but as I've said, it's going to be one of the best cards ever. Um, one of the, Yeah, just one of the best fight nights ever. And it's going to be great for people to finally watch sports again. And if you haven't watched the, the UFC without fans, I know they did one before, but they don't need fans. You hear the fighters, you hear the coaches better. And as cool as it is to hear the cheers and the, the boos or whatever, um, not having fans in the crowd takes nothing away from the fight. They're super enjoyable to watch, and I fully recommend watching um, the pay-per-views. Just spending a little bit of money because nothing else is really on right now. I think it'll be a great night. But um, I hope I get them right. Obviously, I'll have my uh, post-fight show um, probably Sunday or Monday um, after the fact. But um, again, as always, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show, and I hope you enjoy the fights this weekend. Uh, stay safe out there with everything going on. Um, until next time, see you around.